What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Uh, welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. I hope you're all well. I'm um, absolutely fantastic. Thank you for asking. We're here with a little bit of an update and a little bit of a. a we've got a few topics that we want to talk about today, so we'll keep it spicy as always. Uh, but first, uh, I just wanted to say that thank you to our sponsors, Heavy Duty Gymwear. Um, they're a kind of an up and coming gymwear brand that. Uh, have some real nice stuff actually. I've seen they just uh, had TM Cycles in the orange on the tools, um, long sleeve, which is a real, real nice color. Uh, so I'm, 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 I'm super excited to see the, the future of this brand grow. And um, I've got, I've got, I've got a few of their things at the moment. I've got a, a short sleeve and a long sleeve. Really do enjoy the long sleeve. It's, it's super simple, clean, um, and and they are the sponsors of today's podcast. So check them out. Um, heavy duty gymwear. Cheers. Let's get into the podcast. So today, guys, I got want to talk about uh, a few things. Um, but first, an update on me. Um, I've talked. I've obviously given updates on Instagram, YouTube. I've filmed the update. Um, I guess I, I'll do one on the podcast as well because I know that you guys like the elongated versions of it. Some, or I guess at least the people who listen to the podcast do. So um, I'm currently seven days post comp. Post comp. That's my fucking brain. Uh, Post surgery. So literally seven days ago, I was under the knife. In fact, I was just about waking up at this point. So seven days exactly. Um, I've taken off all the bandage now. I'm looking down. Like the belly button is still real swollen. Um, I've still got a slightly open wound. I probably not. That sounds horrible, but I just mean like it's not fully sealed. Um, so I'm just being a little bit more careful today, and hopefully that'll seal um, today or tomorrow. Um. But, like, the recovery's good, I feel good, I feel strong, I think that's the main thing, is I feel strong, I don't feel like I'm weak or anything, um, like, in the midsection, I mean, there's still a little bit of pain, so I'm not gonna go back to the gym just yet, until the pain is, like, 1 out of 10, it's pretty low at the moment, but I do just, like, I don't feel fully committed to, like, standing up, like, quickly and stuff, so I don't really wanna be loading it in the gym, I mean, even when I do go back to the gym, I'll be doing it super slowly. Probably just do arms the first day, uh, and if I can, I probably I'm probably not going to try anything else other than arms. Uh, maybe, maybe like a fly or something, something super super fixed, where I'm not loading my midsection whatsoever. Because the last thing I want to do is put like too much pressure through that midsection for the for the wound to pop open. Um, though I don't think that'll happen. I'm just going to be careful of it, but. The recovery's going well. I feel I feel alright physically actually. Like I mean I was, I've it's been eight days, no gym. Um and actually like I feel I don't feel like I've lost muscle. I feel pretty big still. I feel full, still feel like I've got a pump, which is nice, which is the nice thing of the mental side. I'm obviously also natty at the moment as well, so the co- combination of being natty and well, I say natty but on TRT, uh, the combination of that along with like not training, I thought I would feel less full. But I still feel still feel pretty good. I definitely feel less lean, uh, like I don't feel as lean as I was just before, just before surgery. But I'm still also holding a lot of inflammation, like in my stomach as well. So I've still got like a little pool of water there, which is pretty grim. But the recovery is happening. Uh, we're obviously using peptides at the moment. I'm using BPC one five seven. I'm using TB five hundred, uh, and I'm using growth hormone. Growth hormone. I'm injecting uh, every AM and PM. BPC one five seven. I'm using five hundred milligrams in the morning, five hundred milligrams in the evening to make a gram, um, and I'm doing that every day. And then I'm doing TB five hundred twice a week at two milligrams, uh, so four milligrams per week. The reason why you do one one quicker than the other is just because of the half lives, half lives of uh, growth and 
BBC One, I think BBC is like four to six hours or something. Growth is like maybe six to ten. Um, and then TB500 is a couple of days. So it makes sense. The dosing of it makes sense to dose it, you know, more often with BPC. So that's what I've been doing. Um, but yeah, I can't tell if it's having a huge effect on things. I obviously just, I don't know what the normal recovery process is, but I, I'm, I can walk. I, like, I feel like I could go in the gym and do a full workout. But I know that there's still a lot of inflammation in the area. Like, you can't even see my belly button at the moment because there's so much, like, swelling. So I, like, I feel like I could go train because I feel pretty strong, but I know that when there's so much inflammation there, there's still a lot of healing that needs to be done. And the last thing I want to be doing is, like, going and creating mass, massive, like, because I'm going to be sore, right? The first couple of sessions are going to be super sore. Um, I'm also trying to get my blood work done just before I do get back to training properly. So I would have had, like, seven or eight days completely off, which would have been really, really good for my blood work. But actually, I did get some blood work done in um, in in the uh, in the hospital, and actually, my EGFR, finally, my kidneys, finally gave me a reading that was fine, <laughs> which is really, really good. So my EGFR, for you, those of you guys, actually, and for those of you guys who maybe do some blood work, um, EGFR is like your like filtration globular rate or something like that. Um, your estimated filtration globular rate, and it's basically the stress on your kidneys, and that rate will determine how healthy your kidneys are. But that that actual sum, that EGFR number, is 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 a sum of two other numbers, two other kidney markers, and one of them is heavily influenced by heavy training, obviously steroids. Like it's like a a skewed marker; it's always high. But if you take a full week's rest and you know whatever, like so, for example, I only actually took a, I took a couple of days rest just before um, my tests for um, my surgery because I had to isolate for two days. Um, and, and actually, it was the first time that it came back really, really good. And when I got it done, you know, maybe like a few months ago, uh, it was like, you have stage three kidney disease. And I'm like, fucking hell. But now I have like plus one kidney. Like it's it's a really good kidney, good good kidney reading. So they can really, really get skewed by what period of time you're in. So that's why it's important to do regular blood work. Uh, if you guys ever want to do blood work, check out MediChecks. Josh Bishman for discount. Um... But that's pretty much it. Day like eight, nine, no training. Like I'm dying to get back, but I, I, I've got a feeling that I want to have before I do go back to training, and I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. I definitely need to put, bring off a little bit more of this fluid that will hopefully come off today. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, that's the updates. Let's uh, talk about our topic. So first of all, I thought we could do, um, I thought we could do a review of the Chicago Pro Men's Physique. Um, I should be doing this on video, really, but. Unfortunately, um, I'm not going to do that yet because I want to do it properly if I do it. And doing it properly requires a big a big setup where I can have uh, something like this, like a, a nice green screen. I could have a nice, uh, a nice camera setup and I'll be in a very, very good place to, um, to basically put on a nice show. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about the Chicago Pro. So I wanted to talk about it. Um, th- we'll do the top the top call out. So obviously Andre took the win there. Um, I actually do think that he he look he looked like as a whole. I think he looked the best. I think Ramses Ram, who actually came like fourth, probably should have taken second. I don't know if he actually, he maybe he did take second because I feel like his shape of his back is a little bit better. 
but the density all round of Andre just just killed it. The reason why I asked this question because a lot of people ask me, what do you guys think of uh, Andre's physique and is he going to be the future future Mr. O? So I think he's going to be future Mr. O for sure. I think for him, what he needs to do is fill out his arms and fill out his delts a little bit more in his upper chest. Like while he looks fucking unreal, he he does look so good. Um, he looks a lot smaller in person than on his photos and like I feel like if he could take that nice the photos look I think I think he just needs like three to eight pounds of muscle and he's going to be very very good and he's going to do really 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 well so do I think uh, Andre is going to be one of the future men's physique guys I definitely definitely do I definitely definitely do and I think that the future of men's physique is is hopefully bright um, and hopefully it's not um, I don't think it's been overshadowed too much with size just yet i think that you'll see that what i've always said is is that the bigger physiques there's some big physiques out there like fernando chala is one of them um guys who are just fucking huge they turn up to like pro qualifiers and they get they they destroy people who aren't that good but as soon as someone turns up with a bit of shape and like a bit more aesthetics they get beat if you look at the top five of the olympia but they're, they're not huge dudes like they're obviously very very well developed but they're not as big as fernando chala they're not as big as these guys, I'm not trying to think of, I can't think of anyone else really, but those guys who are just super bubbly, super full, who are definitely like classic physique shape, but just put shorts on, like, those guys don't seem to actually win, if that makes sense. Like, Andre, arguably, Andre, Andre, he was definitely, Andre wasn't the biggest on stage, but he had the most condition, right? Like, they're starting to reward that physique because it just looks better. And not to put me as an example, but I'm going to use me as an example. Like, there are guys who are bigger than me in Alicante, but I just looked better because of the, the, the complete package. So, it is um it is something just to consider um, as you come up the ranks. Because a lot of people say, oh, you're too big for this, you're too big for that. It's like, number one, the guys are massive. They are massive. But also, they are a lot... Like, you're never... You're like, you, like, we're never... Like, it's very hard to get that big. So people that say oh you're too big for men's physique like these guys are honestly absolutely huge so we'll just pick up a few questions um this guy says sex drive on cycle is often up and down mostly down any thoughts uh so yeah there's lots of thoughts the first thought is get blood work done because the blood work's gonna say prolactin's high estrogen's low testosterone's fake you know any of these things there's no way for me to say it's gonna be this it just could be any of those things right so get a get a full comprehensive hormone panel done um, and if I'm honest, probably just get a whole panel done just to check where you are and, and you're going to get a lot more information than asking someone, I've got bad sex drive, what is it? I don't know what you're taking, I don't know how much you're taking, I don't know if you're using Arimidex or AIs, aromatized inhibitors, I don't know if you're using anything else, I don't know if it's your first cycle, I don't know if you've got fake gear. All of these things can play into into the scenario and that's something that no one thinks about, everyone just wants a fucking answer. I'm not having a go at you, dude, I just mean people just want the face value answer i'm taking this what's the issue like i don't fucking know bro like i need to look at the whole picture it's like when people i get often get people that say uh hi bro i know how to eat and train uh i'm like 12 weeks into my prep can you do the last four weeks or the last two weeks i'm like no i can't do that because i don't know like i've got to understand how your body reacted from 600 carb to 300 carb and when you ran flat and when you go full or when you look best and it's just not possible without all the information tracked over a period of time. And that's something that I think that people don't, they just want the answer, but instead of they want to, you want to think about why. 
Um, thoughts on injectable carnitine. Um, I used it this prep. I didn't really notice the difference. It was kind of a fucking pain to put in because you have to put so much of it in. Uh, and you have to do it subcutaneously, so like in your in your like, like your belly fat, for example. And when I got so lean, I just couldn't put it anywhere. Like there was no fat enough for me to put it really, and it just hurt. So I actually just dropped out. I just stopped using it halfway through um, because it just. The, the, look, I actually had a bad solution as well, which which stung. But I don't know. I, I, I didn't personally notice huge benefits from it, but it, things like that are often marginal gains that you wouldn't necessarily feel anyway. Like, you know, it's a game of marginal gain. It's a game of marginal gains anyway. So, you know, adding up all these little percents, you know, potentially add up to a positive reaction. Uh, why do people like to slow down the rate of fat loss or refeed and prep if it's, say, three, four pounds a week? I think three to four pounds a week is quite a lot of weight to lose. You've got to think how much of that is it possible to be body fat. And granted, probably a lot of it can be body fat, especially if you're on steroids. So you can... Like three to four pounds is fine, and generally speaking, three to four pounds per week at the beginning for a natural prep is probably also fine because nitrogen balance is still high, ability to train is still high. You're probably still progressing. You're probably still transferring from off season. So I've got no reason or issues of you losing that much in the first stages of things. But as you get leaner and leaner and leaner, like your actual ability to lose muscle just increases. Like as your calorie deficit increases, your risk of losing muscle increases. So you can just imagine that tapering off makes a lot of sense, like slowly bringing your food back up to a, or, or you know, slowly bringing your food up to a, to a dose that, that that's adequate for you would make more sense. Uh, I much prefer eating more throughout the week than having those refeeds. So like you could lose four pounds a week refeed, lose another three pounds of refeed, lose another three pounds of refeed. But in doing that, you've got to have a lot less food in the week. I'd much rather have you know, 4,000 extra calories, but spread across the week. So I'm having five, 600 extra calories a day. Um, and I'll be training better, recovering better. I'd have more fuel available to train because training is what's the priority. So generally that's why. Three to four pounds is not unheard of. I think if you're natural, probably steer away from that much loss. And if you need that much loss to get in shape, you probably were too fat. <laughs> um do you get your TRT prescribed from a doctor? I do not. I do it myself. I just, I mean, TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, makes it sound as though I'm getting therapy for it. I just give it to myself. <laughs> uh, thoughts on barbell benching for hypertrophy? Uh, I think, just put Jay Cutler style. Jay Cutler has the biggest rib gauge known to man, so I don't think you can really compare his, his, um, his bench press to to yours probably his is more of a decline but like nearly all of huge shoulder tears are on barbells barbell benches um so i just steer clear steer clear of them completely because they just put you in a fixed motion put your wrists under strain elbows under strain put your shoulder joint in a weird position so uh, i personally don't like barbell i don't like many barbells i think the only barbell i would say is worth it would be like a Barbell row occasionally, but even then, like I think there's better things, so I stay away from barbar. Thoughts on intra workout carbs? So I like intra workout carbs. Um, also mixing that with some EAAs. There's a little bit of research into mixing some essential amino acids into like a highly branched injection substitute or sit or situation where you've got a carb that absorbs really really easily. Obviously, highly branched injection is a super easily digestible. Um, 
dextrin molecule, glucose molecule, sugar. Um, and actually combining the both in the in the study, oh, I need to clear my throat. Hang on. <clears throat> Whew. We're going to keep it rolling because that's how we do. I've got something in my throat right now. I'm not drinking a coffee or a monster. I'm on a caffeine detox, which is probably why this podcast is all over the place. Um, I need to think what I was talking about. Intra-workout carbs. So intra-workout carbs, actually in that study, were shown to mitigate, which doesn't mean completely eradicate, but mitigate some of the muscle protein breakdown during the workout. Obviously the place, like you, you create the muscle protein breakdown during your workout, and then you muscle protein since just outside of the workout. So if you could provide some some immediate nutrients for that muscle protein breakdown of when it's happening, like in the research, it was shown to mitigate some of it and potentially help a little bit. But not only that, you can mix things like electrolytes with your intra. Um, you can mix things like, you know, obviously you can put your creatine in there, you can put your carbohydrates in there, whatever, and you can get maybe extended energy from the electrolytes and carbohydrates. Um, and I just find it's an easy way to get in some of those supplements that you need to drink. What were my thoughts on regular gym goers taking PEDS? Uh, so this is where I stand, right? I don't offer advice to people um, like 95% of the time, um, either because it's not their like career or it's not their job or they're not trying to be the best in the world, for example. Like that's that's where I would give my advice to people, people who really, really want to do it. But people who are just like, yo, bro, I wanted to run anti-virony cycle but what, should I, what else should I run? Like, I'm not going to give you your advice because I don't want to have an impact. I don't want to have a hand in influencing you or giving you the advice to arm yourself um, with going on a cycle because it's going to fuck you up. And I don't think that, and I think those people are, who say, well, they're going to do it anyway, so it might as well help you, you help them do it safer. Well, yeah, but the information that I've given out is there every single day. So if they really wanted to do it and they really cared about their health, they would reach out and do it. And I um, I won't just be like, no, bro, I won't do that. I'll usually just say, sorry, man, I don't give out that advice in my DMs, which implies I give it out somewhere else. So all it requires is, where do you give it out? Oh, I have Skype consultations. You know, I've armed myself for 10 years with this knowledge. You, yes, I give out lots for free, but things things that are very, very, like, on the line of morally, morally okay, you know, I'm not just going to wing that shit out for free, so you either pay for it, or you can do your due diligence and listen to a podcast like this, for example, because all of you guys who are listening to the podcast now, or who have listened to the podcast over the over the years, like, natural or not, probably know more about fucking steroids than most people, and know that that you don't do a fucking anavarone cycle, so, you know, if, if you really want to put the like if you want to find the answers you can go find them and if you really want to know the answers like and i can see that you're probably going to get them so i'm going to get an influx of dms now um i see guys struggle to maintain a look during show day is waking up super late not an option yeah you can definitely wake up super late but generally you want to keep your routine as, as close as possible i think the reason why people fuck it up is because they're always trying to chase a final look of let's just try carb up a bit more and come in really full and then they overspill or let's come in super dry and they run a diuretic and then they run super flat or you know or my approach which, which is just like let's keep everything exactly the same let's eat a little bit more food for two days and then play with water which is a little bit risky um which is actually why the first competition we did we didn't get that right and actually 
was I was I actually passed out backstage. I don't know if I said this in the podcast, but I fell over backstage because my blood pressure just went so low um, because I had no water and no, and no salt in me. So then we just loaded up the salt, loaded up the water, came back to life, and uh, felt better. We knew that for the next time that I needed to just present that physique a little bit earlier because it washed out. And you know, as soon as you're starting to feel shit. Your body's gonna start feeling shit. You don't need to feel shit on stage. You can feel a little bit thirsty because you've like dehydrated yourself or whatever, but you shouldn't feel awful. And that was the best thing about Alicante and Portugal is that I felt good both of those times. I was fine. I was strong. Like I felt good. Um, I didn't have too many issues going into those shows. So, yeah. How close or how far away are you from owning your own gym? Um. I'm I'm in a place where I've got a lot of fingers in a lot of pies and I feel like I need to double down on a few of them um, to help generate enough money to be able to do the gym that I want to do. Now that's very difficult because some people would say, why don't you just start small and build up and, and whatever. I think the issue is, is that I don't really know where I want the gym to be. I don't necessarily know where I want to be in England if that makes sense. I think England's a little bit shit um, while it is God's country. <laughs> um, and I love the safety that that, that you do get here. You, can, you We can do largely whatever the fuck we want whenever we want to with no real repercussions. And people talk about lockdowns and whatever. Like, I'm talking about before this bullshit. Like, we could do whatever we want, walk out on the street and say whatever we want. Generally speaking, for me, as a, as a middle middle class white dude, um, I can. I've, I'm. I'm living. I've got. The, I've won the the lottery. I've won the time. The timeline lottery. So. I, I just have so many issues with the country. I think obviously the politics is dog shit. Um, I think when you watch Dominic Cummins' uh, interview yesterday, or we watched it yesterday, but it came out a couple of days ago, and you think, wow, this guy who broke the fucking lockdown rules clearly is lying about a few things is making the most sense here and you know that your fucking country is ridiculous the tax is absolutely brutal um absolutely brutal they don't really help companies like me um and i think there's just countries that are doing it better and obviously the weather's not great wouldn't mind some sun um so the big issue is like i don't i don't have a huge love for anywhere in england except for where i used to live like, I do like London, I do, but I don't have, like, a, oh, I could be here forever. And I kind of want that to be where the where the gym is, if that makes sense, because where I put the gym is where I'm going to have to work for the next three to five years to get up and, on the ground. So I'd much rather double down on some of the ideas that I have. And that doesn't mean that it won't come. Like, for example, if I double down on Wanamar and Wanamar gets to a place where it can afford, fuck, 50 grand a year rent, to get a warehouse because that's what it fucking is to get a house a warehouse big enough in London I go to where I live I can get that for £10,000 a year £15,000 a year that's fine I can do that you know I could do that now and not put anything in it not that I'd want to do that but it's three four times like £50,000 a year on rent is a lot of money for a growing company um, and you could take a loan but I've got to pay it back and I think I'd rather double down on Wanamar to the point that you can afford a warehouse and it makes sense to get a warehouse, make that warehouse big enough and double it up as a gym maybe. And like a studio or something like that. Um, But yeah, it's difficult. It's really difficult. I think I'm not in my forever place and I kind of want the gym to be there. And and that's the hard thing. I could definitely live here for a long time. I do love the house that we live in and 
I think my issue is is just with with London. It's just the health. It's, I think it's literally just the health. If there was no smog, no fucking traffic, and not as many people, <laughs> I'd love it. But like the thing is, is, I love everything else about it. I love the access to food. I love that there's loads of different cultures. I love that you can do something different every day of the week. I love my friends are here. I love my gym here. But like, I just know that living in this shitty, smoggy place is just like, meh. I'd much rather the countryside, you know, with a big old house. And also value for money here is just fucking, is ridiculous. Eventually it'll come down when people start to realise that you can commute to London easier, but it's very, very difficult to justify spending 50 grand every single year on a gym because it's 50 grand a year, but then it's also the 150 to 200 grand that I've got to put into getting the equipment. And yeah, I could start low, but then I'm like, I'm buying shit equipment to wait till I can afford good equipment. I'd rather just wait till I can afford good equipment. And also I've got to consider buying a house next year. So that's going to be another, what, 50 grand or something. Well, actually no, half it because it'd be me and Amy. So that's 25, okay, 25 grand. So there's a lot of things that go into the decision making of that process. And most of it is just like, I need a bit more money. I need a bit more money and a bit more solidified, like solidified um, business plan for that. So if anyone's got like half a milli spare and they want to throw it to me, I'll run it. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, I win Mr. Olympia what's next uh, a lot of this would depend on what point in my career I'm at am I at the point where my businesses no longer rely on me to compete I'll probably say I'll probably say uh, I don't know if you guys would be surprised by this but I'll probably say that one Olympia is enough I think just to be the best person that ever stood on that stage at one point in time is fucking unbelievable. To be the best at something at any point in time is is such a, an odd feeling and a unique feeling that only a handful, a handful of people get to feel. The fastest man in the world, the person to jump the furthest, the person who's got the world record for this. Like w- Records get broken, people go faster, people maybe look better than you, but at one point out of seven billion people, you know, of all the people that could have come into bodybuilding and did, you're the best one. And I think that... That's what that's that's that that's that would be enough for me. That's a lot already to ask for. But if my businesses are in a, in a place where they don't no longer require me to to compete, then I would definitely um, one would be enough. But if they didn't, then I'd probably go for another one. Also, a lot of it would probably depend on at what point in my life I am. Am I, am I am I enjoying other things more? Am I pushing my body to too much health implications, or am I fine? Like if I'm fine and I feel good and I've got the burn, why would I stop? So. I'm de- I like I've never someone to to set a goalpost and stick to it. I'm like a moving goalpost guy. I set a goal and I'll move it if 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 the if the if the circumstances change, for example. Um so yeah, I think that's good. Is there a roadmap timeline of the new accessories? One all. <laughs> uh so I put some this will be the last question. So I put some new accessories up on my uh, story yesterday. Um and we'll just I'll just talk you through everything that's coming and everything that's here. So we have both sizes of the cuffs now. The thin cuffs are now here, which is really, really good. Uh, we've got enough. The thick cuffs are running out of stock. I've got another load ordered. I don't know. Do I talk about numbers? I got like another thousand pairs of cuffs coming. <laughs> thick the, the thick pairs. Um, and I've also got another 500 of the thin ones. We've got the new wrist wraps. We've got... Um, Weight clips, so bar clips, personalized one of our bar clips in 
black and blue. So the th the little plastic, what do you even call them? The plastic clips. You just put them over the end of the barbell, clip them over, and they lock the plates in place. Um, we've got resistance bands coming. Um, we've also got a long rope coming, which is going to be a big seller, I think. So the long rope is it's basically double the size of a normal rope, so people don't have to use two ropes anymore. You can just, just use the double rope elongated, which is really, really good. And I don't know why no one's made this before. Um, we've also got um, daisy chains coming, which is something that I wanted to do for a while because it kind of gives you a one-stop shop. Um, a a, a one-stop a one shop of everything to do with banding you know you've got your carabiners which you've already got um and hopefully we can just keep on top of that stock and then we've got um we kind of go accessory drop clothing drop accessory drop clothing drop so we've got the clothing drop in place we're just finalizing the colors uh, we've got a loungewear drop and we've got um a nice hoodie a nice heavyweight this is going to be kind of september october uh, september october time when it gets a little bit cooler um, heavyweight hoodie. Um, we've got some joggers. We've got some like jogger shorts. We've got some new socks. We've also got some slippers, which are going to be coming. We've also got women's joggers. We've also got women's tops as well. So women's hoodies. So like loungewear for, for two people, which is cool. Minimalist designing. Um, we took on a designer, which is really really cool. So we've got a full time designer who's going to help us hopefully plan the future of Wanamar and. I'm hoping we can do like six to eight drops a year and alternating with either accessories and clothing or, or clothing because granted I can only make so many accessories but there's I've still got many many ideas on accessories and if you guys ever think of any accessories that you think would be good I'm your man I'll make them we will do them um d handles so I, I kind of showed them a pair of d handles that I wanted to try and make and emulate and they've given me a pair like they look really good and if they work they're done and they look really really good um i just need to trial them i need to put them under some heavy weight obviously i can't do that at the moment so i'm gonna have to wait a week or so um they do take like six weeks to make um from start to finish so it's probably going to be two or three months so they might just come hopefully uh september hopefully just before the um the other drop but we're doing it as quick as we can i've ordered a lot of the stuff and we just got to put it to production from here so that's it, guys. If you, if you enjoyed this one, um, drop a rating, share it on your story, um, tag Bridging the Gap podcasting, and we'll be back very soon, guys. Peace and love, everybody. Bye-bye.